Charles, do you want to say the title? How you like saying it? Oh, like um, I almost did, but it feels wrong. Oh, like um, what's his name? Uh, wannabe or whatever. Wantanabe. Wantanabe. Ken Wantanabe. Wow, <laughs> what a what an insult. Ken wannabe. <laughs> Ken, Ken wanna wanna be employed as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> want to be a podcaster <laughs> take my <stuff? laughs> um, this is the 2014 version of gojira <laughs> i'm brian and i'm brad and i'll let you lead here i've got some notes but this is your pick sir yep where this do you want to start this was my pick um the reason i picked it why i thought it was so underrated um because it, it, if you look at the box and office numbers, it really shouldn't be listed as underrated. But this was one of those films that either, if you like the Godzilla franchise, you either loved it or hate it. And there was a lot of, if you weren't a big fan of Godzilla coming into this movie, there was a ch- chances are that you didn't really like it due to a lot of different faults throughout the movie. Faults, some due to its own, some due to personal biases. Hmm. Um, I will say that, like I said, in the spoiler-free section, um, it definitely lacks the human element. Um, a lot of the human characters, especially the main human character that we follow through, which is played by uh, Aaron Tyler Johnson, is lackluster at best. <laughs> it feels a lot of it feels like he phoned in this this performance, or he was so looking forward to um, his time as Quicksilver that he didn't feel like he needed to be here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing I forgot to say in the non spoiler review because. It was actually my thought that he didn't have a solid script to like springboard off of. You know, yeah, but, he didn't. He wasn't given whole, a lot. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of this movie, he just he's flat faced. He just you know he doesn't show much expression. Um, even when he's trying to get back home, he's not showing expression. Hey, this is Lieutenant uh, Brody. I need to get back to the coast. How do I get there? Well, yeah. good good news, bud. You're, everything that's not nailed down is going with us. Jump on board. <laughs> He's like, okay. The, the guy said like, this is not Metra or whatever. <laughs> He's like, no, we're we're, we're going off you. Da, 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 da. This isn't this isn't public transportation. And then he pushes, and then he's like, okay, <laughs> okay you're in luck because everything that's not nailed down is going with us. Um, yeah, I wish they advertised this movie a lot coming off of um what's his name cranston's cranston's performance as um break in breaking bad walter white walter white um they pushed the they pushed him hard in the advertising um and then he turns out to die like 35 minutes into this movie (laughs) (laughs) which is one of the things that we were talking about you know they had a nice family build-up um you know, losing his mom in the opening scene is, is heart wrenching, and losing his wife is heart wrenching in the way that that happened. Um, you know, slamming the door closed to save this, save the entire city, or that that however long that or however wide that blast is going to be. And then his wife, as soon as he closes the door, like five seconds later, starts banging on the door, and he can't open it up. So stuff like that is heart wrenching. And then you move on to. You know, him 15 years later in the military and his dad's still trying to figure out, you know, what happened to his wife. That's stuff like that is heart wrenching. And then he dies on the airplane after they after a bunch of other stuff happens, but he dies on the airplane 35 minutes in. Now you're just like, now what? <laughs> yeah, 
That that was what I was alluding. Well, first, I want to say this movie, I think, did a really good job with their fridging of her. Like, fridging? You, do you know the term fridging? I don't. It comes from old DC comics, which is funny because <laughs> we talked about Marvel comics in the non-spoiler, but um, it's the practice of killing a female character early in the film purely as motivation for the male character's story, which yeah, it worked out perfect. Yeah, it worked out perfect in this movie. But I think they did it better than others. Uh, spoilers for The King's Man. I'm going to do another spoiler for it <laughs> as well. Like The King's Man, I think, did not the best job of fridging uh, the woman in the beginning of the movie. Uh, only because her lines are get kind of cringy. <laughs> like, like honestly, if I could edit that movie, I would have left in uh, "Protect our son," but not the "Never let him see war again." Five <laughs> minutes after she's talking about how it's so important for people in their place of power to go into active war zones to give help, I was just like, "Okay, you uh, the protect our son, hundred percent." And it could be misinterpreted. He could take it too far in the future. But you're in a war zone, having just told your son how important it is for you to not stay away from this war zone, and your dying breath is. No war zones. <laughs> like I get it. You're bleeding to death. No offense, but it's just, it just it just felt so put it on a little too thick. Um, and another one which I think is kind of in the middle is uh, Deadpool two. They did a good job by actually bringing her back to and life at the end of the film and making her the solid piece of the movie. Yeah, but. But that also was like they they even called it out in the Christmas version of uh, Deadpool two, where they use the kid from A Princess Diary. Did you see that version? Mm-mm. Uh, literally, was it Fred Savage? <laughs> like Deadpool <laughs> kidnaps Fred Savage, real Fred Savage in the movie, and then does a PG thirteen version of Deadpool two, and Fred Savage goes, "You fridged her." Like what? It's when you kill the woman just to motivate. Ah! Ah! I'm shit. We did <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of deal, but I think this one does a better job. Probably mainly because it's her choice to yeah. die, and, and then and then to be so close to the end, um, to the point where you know he's he's grieving, knowing that he lost his wife. And then to have her show up a couple seconds too late. Um, And then laying it on even thicker by having the secondary doors closed while they're talking to each other. They also did really good work with uh, the characterization of the family in a short amount of time. Like the kid hangs up a sign. We don't even get to see for about 20 minutes. We know what it is, but we don't see it. And she said, well, you see it on the ground and you can kind of see what it said. You can see happy for sure. Um, you know, as he's kind of dragging it through his bedroom or whatever. Yeah, and and then, and then they talk about it shortly after. But so you can imply what the what the sign says. Happy no, retirement. No, yeah, I mean, like they they make it so you know. Happy retirement. <laughs> <laughs> they make it so you know exactly what it is, but 
the choice to save that visual for the Chernobyl esque mm-hmm. uh, version of their house, yeah, was a really good choice. Um, but one and of then... one, one of my notes was I think a big fault of the film is the protagonists don't have an effect on the plot. Uh, and no, he just we just we just follow him through. I mean, realistically, I mean. He doesn't really do much because at the end of the day, it's Godzilla fighting the Mutos yeah. that that ultimately wins. That they're we just get to follow him through the military side of things. Yeah. Um, he oh. just connects us to the uh, original incident that kind of sets everything in motion. Oh yeah, uh, I'm. I mean, kind, well, kinda, I guess, because the original would be back in 1999 when they found. When the cave falls through and they find the eggs. Uh, but I, um I just meant like Godzilla King of the Monsters has uh uh human beings like releasing Mothra or whoever it was, mm-hmm. you know, and, starting and off the Mecha Godzilla. In in uh Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, they had they had a tangible effect on it where this one I think the only effect that uh, main boy has is he gets the bomb a little bit away from the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. And or does he? Um, I well, know he gives Godzilla like a brief moment of like Godzilla is almost dead by the two creatures and then him blowing up the uh, the eggs kind of saves Godzilla for a second but I think that's yeah. really the only action that he has that directly affects anything realistically outside of us just following through the mayhem of having monsters on earth yeah um but what i uh, alluded to in the non-spoiler of the different types of stories i wrote uh it could have been a father-son story throughout Mm -hmm. the whole film but that ends at 41 minutes when he dies and this is the other the kingsman spoiler um they could have continued the father and son story even after his dad died. Yeah, they, absolutely. And my example of that is in the King's Man. Really, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Skip like a minute ahead. I'll be quick. But uh, the Conrad dies, and then they continue the father son story because the father keeps him in his heart throughout the story. He, he, hell, his moment where he kills the bad guy. He says, "I'm not." who the man who I was, I'm the man my son could have been. And then he kills him in like the name of his son. And that's a beautiful way to continue the story after the tragedy of losing it. But, and, and, but they, they don't just, they don't just skip from that. And I'm going to try and ease out of the spoiler section of this. Um, They don't just take the death and then just like not say anything about it until the end of the movie but it's sprinkled throughout. So that way you remember that it's there. Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't just go from, Oh yeah, that's right. That did happen in the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. It's kind of like sprinkles it all the way through. So that way it's, it's on the front of your mind. Yeah. Uh, and then they did, then I wrote, could have been a badass with a lost kid story, the kid on the yeah. train, but that ends the, at 61 minutes. Yeah. That pup, the having a puppy. Yeah, and then I didn't write this down, but I forget if it was you I was talking to. I think it was Ryan yesterday when we were doing the after party review. But the movie The Impossible, did you see that? Mm-mm. 
so it had to be Ryan because I don't I don't recognize the movie title. It's a old movie with Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts, a young Tom Holland, and another kid who I don't know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's a, a retelling of a true story of a family in a tsunami, and they get uh, split up for a, a good the majority of the film, if memory serves me. And the whole film is about them reconnecting through this tragedy and you feel that and that was the last thing it, this could have been and it it was that's what it ended up being based on like the last 60 seconds of the movie <laughs> <laughs> but like the emotion and the motivation to reconnect wasn't there for me at all like every like, yes, he wants to get on the train to get back to his family, but it never felt like a detour um, ever affected him emotionally. You know what I mean? Like, when he goes to dive in and uh, deactivate the bomb, I didn't feel like he was like, oh, man, you know what? I need to do this to save my family, but I wish I was with my family. I, I never felt Doesn't like... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like that at all. We don't um, see and, the reuniting with his son. <laughs> it just happens. Yeah. And we, you know, at the very end of the movie, he runs to his wife and, and kisses her. I mean, unfortunately for uh, Elizabeth Olsen, she could have just not been in this movie entirely. And she was the best part, I think. She, yeah. Like Brian Cranston, you can argue, is number one because he had more time. <laughs> but yeah. like, like her her scene at the beginning with uh her husband wh- what beautiful i i really felt their relationship at that moment when they're like cuddling up kissing on the couch it's and like, then he gets called away to go save his dad from prison or from jail yeah which which had me really feeling like um tokyo drift vibes <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> where is where is like uh the main characters in 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 jail or whatever and his mom's gotta come save him yeah. <laughs> well uh, a lot of it's because like one they're in japan two the kid that comes out is like emo like um looks like a looks like he belongs in like an emo band or like this he belongs with the south park emo guys um and then he's, he's just getting railed by his parents as soon as he gets out of the, the thing. And then he sees his dad through like the window and just like, yep, that is him. Damn. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I will say, I think this movie was influenced a lot by Cloverfield. That was one of the, that was one of the other criticisms was that, that a lot of people felt that the motos were um, very Cloverfield inspired um the because the monsters are very much the same oh yeah i hadn't even thought of that i yeah. i thought of it more as like the 1998 godzilla failed and we saw the godzilla like the a lot of the movie and then cloverfield was really loved and they did keep away they do a lot of keep away in this movie um like right as they're about to fight, then we switch to something else, and then they would come back, and there's aftermath of the fight, or like the aftermath of something happening. Um, and it's just like, oh, well, we're gonna tease you with the human story here, while something bigger happens that we know that you know is happening, <laughs> and then we're gonna come back and just the aftermath of that happening. And just like, come on. Yeah, I'll say on a rewatch, 
that felt a lot less jarring than it did the, on the first watch. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, not that it has a point, but it works. It works for the film in a sense. Um, it would be better if there, the human element of the story was better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could have did half the movie, even if you did half the movie as father and son, da, 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 and then something happens where his dad dies. And then you from from him reeling in grief from his dad dying, because he really doesn't show that much grief from his dad. And then finding the kid on the train on his way home and then, you know, kind of filling the next the second half of the story with that yeah. would have been better than what they kind of did. So. Yeah, I'm racking my brain at how to uh, how I would like fix the story. I don't I don't it, it would have to be if all the characters were exactly the same. I think I would have started. I think I would have started with it flashback to like this. Mm hmm. But started at the point where he's being, um, I don't know if this is the right word, not deployed, but sent back, you know, so have it start with him. And it's been done in so many other films that it would feel more generic, I'm sure. But have the the intro, then the 15 years later, we see Aaron Taylor Johnson in a war zone getting discharged. Yeah, getting back home. And and, he mentions, yeah, mentions about his, um, do you got any family waiting for you? He's like, I hope so. (laughs) But instead of him already being home, I would have preferred him to be on the other side of the world. Uh, And then before he's put on the plane straight back home, he gets the call about his dad being in jail. And he has to make a pit stop to get his dad. And then it's all momentum i need to get back to san francisco and back to my family i'm done with war you know i've i'm let's say his his uh his war career is over and he wants to quit and his whole journey back just keeps sucking him into a different (laughs) war which is with godzilla and then you always have the family which maybe we get a feel of that in like a phone call in the beginning a phone but, call or maybe some clips of you know the damage that's being happening down in san francisco and how she's being affected in san francisco yeah and uh, she she and her son need to get the fuck out of there <laughs> like <laughs> it, the uh, it felt like her a vac i get why she's a nurse or a doctor i get why she's saying she it's good for that but sending the kid off which is also the right thing really just felt like well we need to have a character we know on that bridge but we need and then we need to have a character we know on the ground so let's split them up it it really would have worked better for me if it was war hero coming home family doing a um not the happening (laughs) you know but kind of the happening (laughs) and and like maybe she's not even in san francisco at the time maybe she's in um nevada or like somewhere a little bit more inland. yeah more inland so they're trying so yeah that works perfectly because he finally makes it back he finally makes it san francisco she's not there now he's got to make it even a little bit farther now he's got godzilla on his tail (laughs) yeah or they're like meeting in san francisco or something once she's evacuating vegas and then 
Yeah, because you yeah. have the moat. You have the moto that goes to Vegas because that's the nuclear waste facility. So now they're trying to evac. They were evacuating the coast. Now they're trying to evacuate um, Nevada. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have worked. I mean, they're just the Godzilla. This movie, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It's it's really good popcorn film. But the human element of this movie just lacks in a lot of ways. Um, but you forget about that as soon as Godzilla comes in. As soon as Godzilla comes out of the water, it just seems like all of a sudden now everything takes a backseat because now Godzilla's here. <laughs> yeah, and and there are some contrived things like the bridge in specific, in particular, with the police line "Don't cross." Mm-hmm. That was so contrived. Why are they blocking the normal civilian cars from getting off? Even when we finally see the the wild bus driver finally let through, there's. There's like three cars that have been let through and so much up empty space. There's no reason they should have been stuck on there if they're able to get out so easily. Um, and then Godzilla, and it kind of undercuts the final news broadcast where it's like King of the Monsters, our savior, who came in and he destroyed one of our bridges. Yeah, he destroyed <laughs> and, quite a bit. Yeah, and like... they. Whoever wrote that was like correct, but they really jumped the gun. <laughs> that was yeah. for like a one month later kind of thing. Not day of. Yeah. Like, oh, that, you know what? A one month later thing could have worked really well. Have the family on the beach and like you see headlines or uh, newspapers or news programs talking about like, where did Godzilla go? Did they? is Godzilla actually a good monster? They come just to save us. You know, they, it could have been a lot worse if it didn't show up and kill those two. And then you could have the kid being like, will Godzilla ever come back? It's like, I don't know, son. You know, like, and then they just look out and then we get, I don't know, some camera shot that sweeps over the ocean. And and then like in the very background, you like, you see his like, his dorsal fins or whatever, his back <laughs> fins, and then they they go back down. Yeah, um, just just for that, like a little bit of illusion, like ooh, because <laughs> he, he does come back. Yeah, because he does come back. And was it? I think the next one is Godzilla vs Kong. I think that's the next one, or is it King of the Monsters? Uh, I think technically the order of it is, in all the MonsterVerse movies are Kong Skull Island, then King of the Monsters, then. Uh, Godzilla yeah, because te- technically King Kong isn't a part of this series. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> um. So one of the things now that we're kind of we're beat on this a little bit. So, but one of the things that I really really appreciated was just the scale of Godzilla. I feel like they did such a good job. They did so many different camera angles. He always felt big. He never felt small. Even in, when they were doing the news broadcast with the um, the motos tearing down the Eiffel Tower, they tower they towered over it and just ripped it down. Oh, yeah. uh, they, they just and it like it it looked funny because if you the think one, of steel, the one in Nevada, you mean, right? Was it the what? Um, yeah, yeah, it had to have been because they didn't go to Paris or anything like that. I, so yeah, that was one it detail just, that I loved. Just like just yeah, this looked, is an insect that's like I'm gonna hang off the oh shit no structural yep. structural and integrity like is not walks, here. Then just like walks away from it, <laughs> and it just fall. It just falls funny. It just looks just looks weird. 
but i mean if you're thinking that much steel connected to like that it probably will twist in a little bit like that oh yeah because it like twists and like falls and like stays in one piece um just yeah it just looked funny but if thinking about it it probably probably would fall like that if you tried no, oh, yeah. The, but, I mean, Gareth Edwards, I think he made Monster because he's so good at effects work himself. <laughs> so definitely the right director for the visual effects side of the movie. Yeah. And, he, and that's the side that shines in this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, Godzilla doesn't really care about the humans because to him, they're like insects. You know, they're just ants running around down there. He's got to navigate to the buildings a little bit and he destroys some of them. But he doesn't just like destroy him just to destroy him because he doesn't care. It's not a part of, you know, it's not a part of his job. He's trying to eliminate the creatures that are, you know, just taking away his food sources. Yeah. So he's not there to like, like rampage where he's like intentionally trying to destroy buildings with the Kong and Lizzie and rampage. I had to remember the three characters. Who's Lizzie? Um, Godzilla. The lizard. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Lizzie Olson. <laughs> oh no, Lizzie the because um... <laughs> all in all the interviews, I know her name's Elizabeth Olson professionally, but everyone refers to her as Lizzie Olson. So I was like, <laughs> when you said Lizzie and then went to uh Wow, well, my Kong, brain Kong Kong and the Rampage. <laughs> Rampage. I was like, Rampage, what? What the <laughs> Dwayne Johnson movie? <laughs> The, the, the terrible movie where he doesn't act at all um <laughs> it was that one was a solid one <laughs> yeah, it was okay. it was fine it was it was a molly it was like okay yeah no i, I could go with that but it was i bad. also enjoy seeing a prominent restaurant in downtown chicago being rebranded with a dave and buster's logo before it's <laughs> right it's like wow the, i mean props to dave and busters for not giving a shit that their product placement is destroyed but that's a, a hotel restaurant <laughs> i know that um but going back to um edwards i mean he does such a good job making him fill that space the sound effects design every time he stomps every time he steps stomps his foot down uh, every time he steps, the bass that echoes through like fills a room. And I could, I wish I would have seen this actually in theaters mm-hmm. um, because I think this movie would have been one of those movies that like shook you out of your seat. Um, I feel so bad that I saw it in theaters <laughs> considering our excitement level, <laughs> differing excitement yeah. levels. I wish we could have switched spots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have like um, a 5.1.2 surround system, so which is five speakers a bass and then two height channel speakers so it does really well and i the 4k has dolby atmos so it gives you that feel of that theater feel with like things over your head and stuff like that so um uh, i mean i feel like i saw it in theaters but i didn't see it in theaters so right. yeah but yeah i think the excitement level would have been yeah, different oh Uh-oh. i forgot to Uh-oh. mention these so when I was looking up Cloverfield, do you know who uh, directed Cloverfield? Mm, not Gareth Edwards, because I already looked at his. Matt Reeves. Director oh, of that the may- Batman. I was going to say that name rings a bell, but I don't know why. It's the director of the Batman and director of the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Can you? Uh, d- isn't that wild? Like, 
I I knew when he was announced for the Batman that he'd do an excellent job because of the two Planet of the Apes movies. But if he had only done Cloverfield, I would be like, oh, okay. So, okay, so the guy who had a dumbass operating the uh, T.J. Miller dumbass operating a found footage camera in a respectable and the best, or you know, arguably one of the best Cloverfield movies. There's only two that are up for that award. But going to the bat, okay, how is this going to work? Jesus Christ, this is that came out of left field. But um, he he really hasn't done that much. That's Matt crazy. Reeves. Yeah. Oh, he said early on, even before he started production of Batman, that like he is the quickest to pull out of projects if it's not going to stick to his vision because it's a three-year commitment. So if it starts going off the rails at the beginning, uh, I mean, he even mentioned executives at DC would be like, what if we did this? And he's like, that's a good idea, but it's not this movie. So... If you yeah, don't want to make he, my movie, let's let's break this <laughs> bond. He's, he, yeah, he's only directed seven. He's oh. wrote about seven, and then producer. He was a co-producer on the Yards, and then he then he was a uh, producer on two because obviously he was a producer, writer, and stuff on Batman. But um, and then Mother Mother slash Android in twenty twenty one. But the other things I want to say is that Gareth Edwards uh, in January was announced, or at least that's the when the headline I saw finally has a new film coming out called True Love. And Ken, want to be a successful actor, is coming back. <laughs> Ken, <laughs> well, he he's in a lot of movies. I, I oh yeah, I I recognize him, but not wrecking wrecking recognize him. Um, and then as soon as I started looking at the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, he is in that movie. Oh, yeah, he is in that movie. Yes, he is a major part of Inception. Okay, I do remember this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, good for him. Yeah. After, after um, you know, he he had his his Star Wars film taken away from him. Who, who knows how good or bad it would have been uh, at the end of the day. We'll never know. Yeah. But I was just, I was just like, I haven't heard anything about him in such a long time. So I'm happy that he's you know, continuing his directing career. Yeah. So question for you. Ready? Answer for you. Oh, fantastic. I love this. <laughs> um, so what's you, letter Kenny? <laughs> what's letter Kenny? Click. Oh. Um, you have a, you are in charge of a franchise. You're hitting your 60, 60th anniversary of your franchise. Do you think this Godzilla movie would be a good way to cap off 60 years of your franchise? You mean like end it with this one? No, I'm saying like you're you're making a special 60th anniversary movie to celebrate your 60 years as a franchise. Do you think this is a good representation or a bad representation of 60 years? I mean... That's hard to answer because I literally know nothing about the franchise other than the 1998 one, and I think there was an animated show of Godzilla. Maybe, there, yeah. There's, yeah. Um, 
I mean, everything I can tell by the reviews of people who know more than me say the last 30 minutes is the only part that feels like a Godzilla movie. So, I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever, but I don't know how it reflects the franchise as a whole. Uh, Something like Bond, which I know more about, the 50th anniversary of Spectre, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, I believe so. We we also feel differently about Spectre. I would not like Spectre as my 50th. Because I, I just think it's the weakest or least engaging one that I've watched. Um, I know Wait. we we differ. We did differ. you did you did you not watch Spectre? <laughs> did you not oh, watch uh, Spectre oh. Solace? Did do, do, do uh, that movie not Qua- exist? Quantum of Solace Quantum had of Solace. Quantum of Solace had some emotional punch to it. I, I mentioned that I didn't like that Mathis it, sure. came back, but Mathis's death. Mm, so much. There's so. M- such weight to that scene that and there was nothing in specter that i felt had that same weight yeah um so that's why quantum Solace wouldn't have been my choice for a 50th anniversary either but you know i think it, if if i was going to pick one of those uh, daniel craig films it probably would have been skyfall having a um kind of like an origin story ish um and wrapping up uh oh sorry yeah, and and Judy wrapping up Judy Dench. Yeah, that would have been great. Uh, no time to die also would have been excellent, I think. Um, but this, I I just don't know how to answer it truthfully. I don't know okay. how it reflects on the. I if all of them are as good as this film, um, I of, then I the, don't like any of them. Yeah, some <laughs> of them are a little. Some of the ones, some of the early ones, get a little hokey. Uh-huh. Um, and are, I can look past that, you know, for the time. Well, I'm sure. I'm not going to yeah, watch I'm, one I'm, with like a clearly a rubber suit. I'm not going to watch the old Power Ranger ones. And be like the effects on the Megazord are shit. You know, well, <laughs> I, I, when I when I say hokey, I don't mean like uh, tall man in a rubber suit and like clearly, clearly these are Legos making made buildings, um, but like godzilla like dances <laughs> and like does like his little arm waving things and, and stuff like that um so that's what when i say hope okay. like i mean like that not so much like a man in a rubber suit knocking down legos <laughs> all right so but i am going to answer your question in this way i googled ranking all the godzilla films and on this ranking from movie movieweb.com the movie we're reviewing is oh oh we're still scrolling <laughs> oh no i didn't oh no i didn't think i was when i scrolled quickly i thought it was higher up this one is 20th on out the 30. list out of 36 according to this article oh they so, might be included i mean like this TV was the, the i mean they're also including Godzilla vs. Kong and Godzilla King of the Monsters, which came after this. So um, maybe there were some more that were made in uh, Japan after this movie. So I Yeah, this movie, um, um, there was one after. So um, from what I know, the Toho, which owns Godzilla, after the 1998 version, 
they actually paused all Godzilla movies for 10 years because of how poorly that was, how poorly that was received. Um, So they actually, you paused a franchise for 10 years because of how bad a movie was. uh, But on this list, 12 is Godzilla King of the Monsters, which I think I enjoyed more than this movie, but I, but that movie would have benefited from the filmmaking of this one. Like if we if we had Godzilla King of Monsters and filmed it the same way this one was, where that scale is felt, because I didn't feel like they, I didn't feel the scale as far as I can remember watching that one. And then Godzilla vs Kong is eleven, so I, I mean, shockingly, actually, number one is the original Godzilla, which, I mean, it could either be, um, what's it when you nostalgia. Or, nostalgia, or, or you see, you see God, it through rose-colored glasses. Yeah, or goddamn, this movie is still so good that it's the still the best. Um, um, well, I'm looking at thenerdist.com, mm-hmm. um, and they rank everyone. They have the Godzilla that we're reviewing, um, at 13, and they have where was Godzilla King of the Monsters? Um, I think it was like 17 or 18. Okay. Um, and then number one for them is also the original one. But then number two is the 2016 Shin Godzilla, um, which came out in 2016. Oh. It's the Japanese one. Movie Web's second is also Shin Godzilla. So I mean that might that might be good. I might have to yeah, it was the 31st film in the series. Yeah, so that might be what you want to check out. Yeah, maybe we should review those two films in the future. Yeah. That would be interesting, especially since I have I've added one or two films to my Marvels on Stream list that I haven't seen. <laughs> Just as a I, everything on the Marvels on Stream I've seen. So um, there because I was going to put another movie on there that I hadn't seen. Now that I watched it, I'm glad I didn't put it on there. Um, what was that? Let's um, shit on the, it. No, it's not. It's not bad. It's just it's it's um, the card counter with um, Oscar Isaac. Oh. That's it's, it's very, very ex machina feeling, mm-hmm. but with with gambling and murder. <laughs> and do you not want it on the list because it's been appreciated properly? Or no, I would it's say not it's, a good would, film. I would say it's very underappreciated. Um, I would say it's good. It's just I don't know. I don't. I don't rank it very high. Okay. It's it's a it's a movie that I would say yeah, sit down if you got a chance, sit down and watch it. But not a movie that I would say, "Hey, you need to check out this film." Um, if you liked Ex Machina, if you really liked Ex Machina, and you really like how that was kind of structured and uh, done. This is the same thing with gambling, and um, uh, he's a uh, military. So, and he kind of he goes. It's a they. It's an interesting take on a historic event. That's a very attractive pitch you've just said. Um, it's it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. I would I would review it. I mean, if it came down to it, but I mean, I'm not going to say everybody go watch this movie. Uh, mine was that I've added and has not been chosen yet is the last night in Soho. Um, that is, I've seen, I've seen it. It's I, I, the cinematography of that movie is fantastic. It's also fantastic. It's also an Edgar Wright film. Like the first I heard of it was when my buddy Christian the who used to co-host the Bond Man Bond podcast told me about it. And then, and I was like, 
oh cool and then like a week later i found out it was an edgar wright film i was like oh what the what the fuck why haven't i heard about this like dude's got one of the most bulletproof histories in in filmmaking like i don't know any edgar wright film off the top of my head that's been universally hated or just universally meh even and i'm like why so that's why i think it's underrated and you know it's edgar wright so i'm predicting i'll like it it's i'm not much of a horror person or like a high suspense you know um because that that shit lives rent free in my head when i try to go to sleep um but i would say that this movie is very good um yeah i would say it's under definitely underappreciated uh but coming back to wait 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 he co-wrote ant-man everything you said is a lie no he was originally going to either write co-wrote screenplay for marvel cinematic universe film ant-man 2015 everything you just said is a complete lie he was the original director (laughs) actually he's been pitching that movie since 2008 or before that and then close to it he backed out because um This is right around the time that like Pearl Mutter was being kicked out and everything was kind of up in the air and he just wasn't feeling like it was a good fit. So he left and did Baby Driver. Um and then um obviously the biggest film that he did is one of our favorite movies. Which is uh no, no, definitely not. (laughs) Uh Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, I mentioned for you because I wanted to, I kind of wanted to do a minute podcast where just do one random movie. Um, and I had mentioned it to someone wanting to do that for uh, Scott Pilgrim, you know, someone who knew a lot about video games because I don't know. <laughs> and, I, or co- uh, comic books, more likely for Scott Pilgrim. And then someone yeah. who knew a lot about video games for Free Guy. Because they felt like they had similar um, potential for mining into the details. I think Free Guy would be a fantastic one to do minute by minute just because there's so much happening in the background that gets missed even on a second, third, fourth watch through because they're so crazy. Like the one guy doing like banging into a wall, one guy that just (laughs) keeps like glitching, doing circles, um, stuff that you wouldn't see. So I think free guy would be a fantastic movie to do a minute by minute play um i know enough about video games but i don't there's so many references that you that i mean i'm sure that i would miss because they're I, just so abundant yeah i was literally asking my daughter like she was mentioning some stuff from fortnite and yeah i haven't played enough fortnite to help I, you on that i've played probably 10 minutes of fortnite and i'm like the, I, my brain's not connected right now but anything else for this this gorgeous movie very gorgeous um definitely recommend watching this on a big screen probably without direct light on your screen because a lot of it's pretty dark um but yeah i i really like it i think it's i think it's a fantastic introduction to the monsterverse um i think they use this movie to springboard a lot of other things that probably wouldn't have gotten greenlit had this not been a I would say success despite some of the criticism for it. Um, how much 
Oh. Do you think this was made for? <laughs> oh, we didn't do that in the non-spoiler. Uh, this this will probably be my last. This will be my last thing. I'm gonna guess 120 million. Not bad, not bad. You're in the ballpark, 160. Oh yeah. And then I'm gonna tell you that the box office numbers for net for the opening day was 93 million, if I remember correctly. Oh, bummer. So what do you think the Bombed. total box? total box offices the nine, no one for first first friday yeah at 93 right, 93 just for friday or just all for weekend? opening opening day opening day was 93 million jesus all right uh worldwide. so world okay 93 million opening friday worldwide total box office I'm gonna factor in a, po- a possible fall off after reviews from Friday night. So, uh, ninety-four million. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, six hundred million. Um, you're in the ballpark. You're definitely in the ballpark. Five hundred twenty-nine million. So, not mm-hmm. quite as successful as you thought. Um, and this is one of these rare movies that we actually have the budget costs of the the advertising costs. And and King Kong made less than four hundred million. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. Um, <laughs> it, well, it did just budget to box office, but they actually has the, um, I guess, um, Toho released the marketing budget of a million dollars or $100 million. Sorry, $100 million. Okay. Like, sorry. One, what the fuck? I, I saw one and then million <laughs> and not the two zeros in between. My brain just like blocked those out. Hey, that's fine. Your brain's still doing a better job than mine is. <laughs> so the break even I, that would have been that would have rocked my fucking world if it was only a million dollars. Yeah, they said so. The budget was 160. The advertisement was 100. They said that their break even point for everything included was 300, um, 380 million dollars. So they they did succeed. They passed their break even point by a hundred and whatever, 140. Um, so they, they did all right. 140 million. And that's, that was box office. So that's not even the Blu-ray sales, the 4k sales. Now that they've upped it 4k, the, the money they're making on HBO max with it being on streaming. Yeah. So I I would say overall success. Yeah. I would, but like I said, back in the beginning, I think this is underappreciated because if you like Godzilla, you either love or hate this movie. There's not much in between. And if you're not really a Godzilla fan, you're not going to really like this movie because the story's not super gripping. And then Godzilla doesn't even come in uh, like King Kong until like an hour plus in. So you're yeah. kind of you're you're kind of hinging on a, on a story that you don't really like so much, waiting for a character that you really like, and then <laughs> it just never shows up. <laughs> And there were some interesting points between uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's character and the monsters when they'd be like looking at each other and the camera would be like lingering on them. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm just cynical. I'd be like, bitch, that monster does not even see you. You're no. not having a moment. No. <laughs> uh, oh, when, he wait, when he wakes up, he gets knocked down or whatever. He wakes up and he's like blinking and the camera's blinking with him and Godzilla's standing over top of him. Is that what you're referring to? uh i think so like godzilla maybe has i don't remember there were a couple moments like he was looking at one of the monsters and the monster kind of it was like they were 
they were framing as in the monster was focusing on him again and then they were having a moment i don't know yeah um godzilla does have facial features in this movie and he does make some faces that i noticed through this time um he does he does make faces he does have facial interactions and he does um have some kind of character more than just you know beating on his oh he doesn't beat on his chest but you know <laughs> look at me i'm big his arms are too short to beat on his chest but he does they're strong enough that he ripped open Monta's mouth and vomited in it into it so <laughs> that was another thing when i watched it i didn't know that godzilla could do that mouth beam thing so it kind of seemed so, oh, uh, oh oh where where did that come from this original it was fire and this one it was like either really hot fire or more of a lava base kind of thing because it was blue so or more of like a i don't want to say like uv or something like that but something something to that effect because i know flames get when they're really hot or blue but yeah maybe they are that hot inside of the stomach i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i learned that fact when uh you know people were making fun of that song that that says like my love is changing from like a blue flame flame to a red flame and then people are like, oh, so you mean it's decreasing? <laughs> yeah, decreasing temperature. Okay. Um, but then, so he, you get to see that a little bit more in Godzilla King of the Monsters and stuff like that too. So he uses that that ability a little bit more. In fact, I think he like runs out and he like burps or something like that, and just a little like puff comes out in King of the Monsters. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, he one one of the two movies that he's in, he, he runs out of like flames, heat and yeah it's just funny you know what i just realized is that godzilla king of the monsters and pacific rim 2 feel very same to me like similar and then the for me pacific rim 1 and godzilla 1 are like different from that in quality but in different directions (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah this is you did do your job or whatever you know your goal i i have appreciated this movie more despite yeah. uh my criticisms than uh than i previously had i was surprised i i think in my memory like i would have guessed that there was less godzilla than there actually was yeah i mean just just like king kong it takes them a little while to get there i mean this it's not really an origin story per se for this movie as much as it is for godzilla yeah. um I'm sorry, King Kong. Um, but it's kind of like a reintroduction. So they definitely took their time bringing him out. Um, definitely trying to set the scene versus just kind of rushing him out into the thing. And now we got to make a movie around him rushing out. <laughs> um, so they they did a they did a good job. Okay, I, you you have a huge idea right now. I'm ready. I forgot to mention that uh, part of Aaron Taylor Johnson's only effect on the plot was him deciding to. Uh, not retread the 1998 Godzilla and killing all the babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was an intentional allusion to Roald Emmerich's classic, <laughs> but that made me laugh because I hadn't remembered that from the movie either. Yeah, now now I want to see. I want to know how much they spent in advertising on the last Godzilla movie, the '98 Godzilla. Hmm. I wish if if they have it somewhere, I want to know because I know they spent an astronomical amount of money on that movie. 
Didn't they um, have toys at like McDonald's or something like that? Probably. I, I, I distinctly remember Pizza Hut. I distinctly remember Pepsi. And I know those aren't cheap. So. Mm. Uh, what? They do have the, they do have it here. It's only $80 million. That means they probably, well, depending on inflation, they may have spent less money promoting this film (laughs) than they did that one. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Uh, that makes sense. Well, I guess, you know, maybe that's not factoring in, maybe that's not factoring in the costs that Taco Bell and the other integrations spent. Like, I don't know how these promotions work, but. Well, no, it's merchandising, right? I would assume if McDonald's has a toy, they buy the merchandising rights from the company making Godzilla, and then they have to fully pay for their ads saying, we have Godzilla toys. Because um, I was originally going to guess that maybe it's like Apple and T-Mobile and Apple, and where I th- I would guess that they're splitting those advertising costs when any of the uh, cellular companies are advertising the new iPhone. Yeah, I'm. that might be true. Or, you know, they might, you know, sell it to Pepsi or whatever. Here, advertise this. We're going to give you this much. And then Pepsi decides how much they want to actually advertise for it. And if the commercials do really well and they start selling product, then they might advertise it a little bit harder. Yeah. You know, or, you know, vice versa, whatever. I'm just looking for inflation. $80 million with inflation. But after that, do you have anything else you want to talk about in terms of this this movie? No, um, no, I think I'm good. I think I've exclaimed my love for this movie enough. <laughs> 138 million in 2022. Damn. <laughs> so I mean, that's, and only that's, half of that is from the pandemic inflation. Uh, yeah, it takes a big <laughs> jump between 21 and 22. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, a lot of inflation in twenty or two thousand eight, a lot of inflation from between tw- uh, twenty one and twenty two. Mm. I mean, it jumped nine million dollars. It jumps from because in valued in twenty twenty one would be almost or it'd be one hundred twenty nine million, and then it'd be one hundred thirty eight million in twenty twenty two. Well. This may yep. be a skunky e joint. This may be a mushroomy joint with a little bit of Molly on top. But either way, this movie is dope. Because movies, movies are, are dope. dope. <laughs>